Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Let's go ahead and, and jump into our notes today. And we're in this series called Paper Planes. And we've been looking at this concept over and over again that to, to truly move forward in God, we must let Him shape our lives. We've got to let God shape our lives. And to do that, to do that, we have to be submitted to Him. We have to let Him be in charge and Him be the one to make the folds and, and to the, the, determine the lines that our lives are going to be shaped along. And, and let's go ahead and let's look at Romans 8. And we're just going to look at Romans 8, verse 28. And um, we're going to read it in the NIV in a little bit, in a more traditional translation. But right now we're going to read it in the message translation. Because if you've been following God for very long in your life, um, anytime there's something that is a mess, this is a go-to scripture when there's mess. And so we go to Romans 8, 28 to find a place of hope. So let's look at Romans 8:28 in the message translation. We'll flow into verse 29. It says, "But that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. We can be sure that every detail of our lives of love for God can be worked into something good. We just can be. We can be sure of it. And so many times it's frustrating when something that doesn't line up with goodness shows up in our lives so many times we want to see the goodness on the right on everything and the, the truth is is there's some junk there's some stupid things that you and i do to our own to ourselves there's some hurtful stupid things we do to each other and man when we give our whole lives all of it into his hands he can then begin to work in such a beautiful amazing way that that we may then begin to falsely think that god intended that stupid, hurtful thing for our lives so that that good can come out of it. But that is not God. It's not God's intent. God is just such a master that there's nothing we can throw at life. There's nothing life can throw at us that God can't then use to bring about his good purpose in our life. And what is that good purpose? I'm glad you asked. Verse 29, God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. I love it that no matter what life throws us, life wants us to be unchristlike, and that we can respond to anything life throws at us in a Christ-like manner. We see Jesus, the, the people around him, they threw all sorts of things. They threw acclaim at him, he handled it Christ-like. They threw recognition and honor at him, he handled it in a life-giving way. They threw rejection at him, he handled it in a life-giving way. They rejected him to the point that they beat him, crucified him, falsely accused him, stripped him naked, hung him up as a spectacle, and his words were, Father, forgive them. He takes this huge place of anger and nastiness and turns it into the greatest expression of love and forgiveness that the world has ever seen. 
He wants to shape our lives. And so many times we think that things have to go a certain way for there to be, for us to get our intended results. And man, I tell you what, one of the most crippling things in life is disappointment. Disappointment. Disappointment can just yank the rug out from you like, like nothing else in life. Man, we uh, years ago, uh, uh, Keenan was getting to go to kids camp. He was 10 years old. And he was so excited he was getting to go to kids camp because this year the church was going to a four-day camp instead of a three-day camp down in Columbus, Texas at country camp. So he was excited he was getting an extra full day at camp. Now, 10-year-old, this is like amazing because mom and dad aren't there. He's got spending money in his pocket. He can buy ice cream when he wants to. There are water slides. It's just like, ooh. He just was so excited. He had looked forward to camp all summer long. And camp had looked forward to him to the point that they resurfaced the slides and repainted the slides and had them all nice and pretty and blue and resurfaced and ready to go. Well, Keenan at 10 years old apparently wasn't quite on top of uh, his perfect hygiene and look that he is today. <laughs> Keenan can take care of business and get all his hair just right. You know, never know when somebody's going to want a selfie. <laughs> never know when somebody's going to be standing there randomly taking his picture. He's got to be ready. <laughs> so he got so excited, makes the long journey to country camp, gets there, is there for an hour. They get checked in. He throws his stuff on his bunk. He puts on his swim suit. He runs. He gets to the slide, gets on the slide there, has his socks and shoes off with his too long of toenails. <laughs> Goes down the slide, feet first, like a good camper should. Has a little fun, rolls over on his tummy. Toenail slides along that newly surfaced deal and shoves a nice paint chip all the way up to the quick of his big toe. Boom. Just looked like somebody's painted blue striped right up his big toe. Been there an hour. We get a phone call that, uh, man, Keenan's had this water slide incident and he's got the paint chip in the toenail and he's like, I'm just going to stay. I'm good. I can do it. I can do camp. I'm all right. And, uh, and so we're like, you know, cutie wants, cutie wants to see him. I want to see him. We meet halfway in Austin. We go to the ER. And by this point, it's late. I tell you what, a creepy place to be. At about 1 o'clock in the morning is the ER in Austin, Texas. <laughs> Yikes. And uh, anyways, and so, um, yeah, there was one guy in just a bed sheet. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, anyways, so we get there, see the doctor, get everything dealt with. He had had the injury. You know, they have to remove the toenail to get all the stuff out, get the Infection had to, it was a big thing. And when it was all said and done, Keenan was cr crushed with disappointment. 
that he did not get to go to camp. His disappointment outweighed the injury. His disappointment outweighed the physical pain. Man, sometimes there are things that disappointment comes in and it's actually more difficult to deal with than even physical injury and physical pain. When you want something so deeply and you have your mind made up that things are going to go a certain way and you do everything within your power to make sure it goes that way and there's no fault of your own, your plans unravel, something sideways comes in and sideswipes everything and all of a sudden now you're in a place you never expected and disappointment hits you straight in the gut. I tell you what, folks, sometimes we can find ourselves, yes, we can find ourselves being shaped by the opinions of others that we looked at. Sometimes we can find ourselves being misshapen by by things going wrong and the mistakes we've made. But, man, sometimes we can find ourselves so utterly misfolded and misshaped by just the disappointments of life. So what we want to look at today is that we should be shaped by God's love and not life's disappointments. The Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope. That is what we, that's the kind of God we have. Paul is telling the Roman believers, you have a God of hope. You have a God who has a good future ahead of you. You have a God who has plans and good things ahead. That's what Hope it instills. Yeah, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. We've looked at this scripture lots of times through the life of Celebration Church. Why? Because we're about knowing God better and trusting him more. And as, as we trust in God, then we get filled with hope and peace. That, yeah, things may be a little rocky. Things may be a little bit ugly. Things may be a little bit difficult. But the God of hope says, man, there's going to be a different outcome than the one that's trying to paint itself right now. Things are going to get shaped in a different direction. See, disappointment is all over the scriptures. We looked at our roller coaster series. We had Joseph. My goodness, how how much disappointment did Joseph go through? As soon as things started going in a good direction, man, disappointment, disappointment. When we looked at our Risen series, there's Mary Magdalene who's just trying to get through life as they go to prepare Jesus' body at the tomb. And they're just racked with disappointment and just trying to do something, make some sense out of this. And at least I'll go take these, these spices and these oils and I'll just finish preparing his dead body. And she goes to the, to the tomb of Christ in utter disappointment. And as we looked at our Shouts and Whispers series, have the guys on the road to, to Emmaus, and they're leaving Jerusalem, and they're headed to Emmaus in total disappointment. They thought that this guy was going to be the Messiah and make things right, and he's dead. But some people said he was alive, but we don't know. And they're just, just wrecked with disappointment. Folks, the scriptures are full of people that God met and, and, and changed the lives of people who dealt with disappointment. But here, what I want us to do, and quickly I want us to look at a story in John chapter 5. Where we could see what repeated disappointment can begin to do. And this guy is m- missing out 
on the truth that there's a miracle man right in front of him. And praise God, Jesus is persistent. But this guy is missing it. So here we are, we pick up in verse 5, it says, There was one who was there, had been an invalid, had been, he'd been paralyzed, he wouldn't been able to move for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in the condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Stop. Do you want to get well? That is a pretty straightforward question. Do you want to get well? He's sick. He's paralyzed. He's sitting there by this pool. And he's asked a very straightforward question. Do you want to get well? It can easily be a yes or no question. Yes, I want to get well or no. I've pretty much become accustomed to not being able to move. And, you know, I've enjoyed this now. It's one, or, it's one of the two. It's either yes or it's no but here we're going to see that disappointment made it to where this guy doesn't want to entertain the question of wellness. He doesn't even want to entertain the well, he doesn't want to entertain the question. He's been disappointed so many times. He just doesn't even want to deal with this question anymore. He just wants to avoid this part of his life. Jesus says, "Do you want to get well?" And the guy says, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Now that sounds like an odd response, but you have to understand there was this, there was this concept that periodically that there was this angel that would come down and, and stir the waters. The scriptures don't say that anybody actually got healed that way, but I tell you what, there's all sorts of charlatans that have sold people a bill of goods on all sorts of different little healing things that take place. It's, this has been as old as time. And this guy so wants to be healed, he stays in this. And, and this once in a while thing where the waters have this little involuntary movement that it, that it was the first person in the waters. Well, then they get healed. And this guy can't move. And so he watches it. And things get in. Somebody jumps in and... He waits around and somebody jumps in and he waits around and somebody jumps in and all his hope is in this thing that he wants to take place and then hope himself shows up and says, do you want to get well? And all he says is, nobody's here to help me. No one is here to help me. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody sits with me in the middle of this and... Waits this thing out with me. Nobody's here to help me. He was so crushed with disappointment, he could not even answer the question. Do you want to get healed? Do you want to get healed? Folks, I'm here to tell you that there are some dreams and some desires that have been alive in your hearts for a long, long time. And you run into disappointment so many times, you just don't want to talk about it anymore. You just don't want to talk about it. In fact, you're a little irritated that I'm dealing with this today. Because it's starting to bubble up. And it's starting to come up. And the disappointment has tainted it to such a point that there's not any hope or excitement associated with that anymore. 
But I'm here to tell you that you are marked and made in the image of God and you are built to live a life that you can't live on your own. That it is bigger than you, it is, it is so much more powerful than you, but you're wired for it. And anytime we try to do that, that we can only do in God on our own, we're going to end up in total disappointment. Because we can't do it in and of ourselves. But God will keep reminding us and drawing us to Him and say, step into this and plug into this with me. Because I'm the one that can make this thing happen in your life. We have a God of hope. We have a God of hope. He's got bigger plans for you than the ones that were willing to just shuffle around. This guy was willing to just sit by the pool and hope at some point, some point, somebody threw him in when the waters got stirred. I love it that Jesus doesn't stop there. It says, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. This is a guy who can't move. Can't even throw himself in the pool. Can't even get in there. Saying nobody's here to help me. And he says, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Man, I'm telling you, in that moment, that made no sense. He didn't have the ability. He, didn't, he wasn't healed yet. When Jesus said that, the, the manifestation of all of his processes had not shown up there. He was still as stuck in his paralyzed state as he was before. But all of a sudden now, the God who spoke the world and universe into existence has spoken to him to get up and to walk. And then he's now there with another choice. Is he going to respond to this new thing or is he going to continue to sit in disappointment? And at once the man was cured and then he picked up his mat and he walked and the day on which he, this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. <laughs> we have to laugh, otherwise we want to punch somebody. And that's not Christ-like. <gasps> Seriously, this guy had been paralyzed. All his life camped out by the pool hoping somebody would chunk him in. He gets instantaneously healed and all these people can do is say, this is the Sabbath, you're not supposed to carry anything. <laughs> oh my goodness, folks, we can miss it on so many levels. We can miss it, we can miss it, we can miss it. When we were officing downtown, there was a guy who would come by, who was homeless. And he lived under a, a bench. And we would keep stuff in the office for him. He loved to have a radio and listen to music. And he'd go through batteries. And so we kept batteries there at the office. And he'd come and replace his batteries. And he would sit. And we'd keep some food for him. And, and uh, periodically, he would, he would get a, we'd get him a um, sleeping bag for the cold months. And then uh, someone would steal his sleeping bag. And we'd get him another sleeping bag. And and he would just come by all the time, and we began to have a good relationship with this guy. And, and he just, he, he chose to be homeless. He chose to. And so um, there were multiple times he'd get jobs, or multiple times he'd get a little bit of a place to stay. And finally, I just talked to him. I said, man, what's, you know, this is just breaking my heart. You know, I just, you know, 
why, why are you, why, why, why don't you just go ahead and, and work one of these jobs and do these things and, and get on this trajectory? And he's like, I, I just can't do it. He said, I've been disappointed so many times, I can't make plans. I can't do it. I can't make a plan for tomorrow because if it doesn't work, I can't handle it. And so consequently, he lived with no plan. No plan of where he was going, what he was going to eat next. No plan of where he was going to sleep next. No plan of anything at all. And he lived from moment to moment. And he was stuck in the only lifestyle that facilitated having no plans at all was living under a bench. And he was fine with it because it, it fit his preferences. Folks, disappointment can be so debilitating. So here, what I, this is what we need to know. When you're hit with disappointment, and it happens to us all, know that God is still God and will work things for your good. Now we're going to look at Romans 8, 28 in, a, in a translation you're probably more used to. And it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. God will work all things. When disappointment comes, we hold on to the God of hope. Maybe it didn't go that route. I tell you what, we've been in the middle of some ugly fights, and, and um, I, I love seeing the memories. And uh, the Turney family shared one uh, this week of Elena getting to be wheeled outside and enjoy some, some sunshine and be out, outside. And I tell you what, there were some places that if they did not have the God of hope, the situation was hopeless. It was hopeless. But they had a God of hope, and they stood on hope, and they held on to hope, and they looked to hope, and they knew that there was a God who was faithful. And I tell you what, Elena is doing awesome, and she's planning a trip to Italy. Isn't that right? Italy. She was, they, they couldn't believe that she survived. The people that were helping her survive. And she's going to Italy. I'm telling you, we have a God who brings situations around Let's look at Genesis 50-20. We'd already talked about Joseph with all his disappointment. And at the end of his life, he says, Don't you see? You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for good. As you see all around you right now, life for many people. And then Romans 5, 5 says, And hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out at our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Since we have a God of hope, then we've got these things that are still yet before us. And we walk towards those things by faith. What disappointment ultimately wants to come and do, the enemy of your souls, Satan hates the plans God has for you and he's an opportunist. He takes every opportunity he can. And when disappointment comes in, then he wants to come in and try to whittle away at your faith. He wants to whittle away at your hope and try to destroy that. See, our response to disappointment determines its influence in our lives. Disappointment's going to happen, but our response to it is going to determine whether or not it cripples us or not. Because the truth are, there's some things that hurt and disappoint because they're hurtful and disappointing in and of their, themselves. See, Paul tells the Corinthian believers there in verse 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10, says, 
<clears throat> Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. That there's some things we do that we need to do a 180 on. Repentance is not groveling and begging some God to forgive us. Repentance is changing direction. It's doing a 180. It's now going in the, in the direction that life exists. And there are times that we are disappointed because we're pursuing things that disappoint. And you keep doing things that only give disappointment, you're going to get disappointment. That's the way it works. So those are the places where life exists when we repent and we turn towards God and begin to do things God's way. Psalms 45, I mean 43, verse 5. There are times when we need to stop ourselves from getting wound up in disappointment. David writes, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. He's talking to himself. He's talking to himself. He's like, why are you so disturbed? Why are you so downcast? Put your hope in God. When you see disappointment begin to cripple you and, and carry you off track of the hope that God has for you, you need to speak to yourself and say, hey, put your hope in God. Hey, keep it where it belongs. God's not done here yet. This was not the final word. This was not the final bit. Put your hope in God. So with that, we need to focus on the grace and the goodness of God. And as we wrap this up, let's look at these passages of Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always tries to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's not saying what's happening is his will for you. He's saying you keeping your joy and, and keeping your eyes on him and grateful that he's in your life. That's his will for you. Not getting sucked in to all of the mess. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we did not give up. So many times we can just be chugging in the right direction and we didn't get to our destination quite fast enough. You want to see repeated disappointment, go on a trip with a three-year-old. Are we there yet? No. A little bit longer. Are we there yet? No. It's just over and over again because they so want to be there and you're getting there. You're getting there, but you're just not there yet. And we need to just continue to stay with the process and not be spiritual toddlers. Not go, God, why am I not there yet? And get all spiritually pouty. But just stay with the process and know that he who started this thing is faithful to complete the good work he's begun in you. And then Psalms 126 verse 6 says, He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy. Carrying sheaves with him. Now here's the truth. Is you can't simultaneously hold on to both hope and disappointment. You can't simultaneously hold on to both hope and disappointment. You're going to have to choose. 
disappointing things happen, and they're going to challenge your hope. And you can either continue to hold on to hope, or you can say, no, this disappointment is just the way things are, and I've just got to adjust. Our bottom line today is let the God of hope shape your life with hope. Because see, when God does the shaping, we can live soaring. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.